Oh, our question today here on New Hope Radio. Do all roads lead to heaven? That's a good question. I think it's a good question because a lot of people have their own opinion about that. They say, oh, there's a lot of roads. Heaven's big. There's got to be more than one road to get there. I'm going to see what that's all about today. Glad you're with us. Unfortunately, many people, if, if not most people, they do believe that all roads lead to heaven. They do. And the problem these people have with Christianity is they believe that the Christian way is too narrow. You know, it's not inclusive enough. Everyone wants their way to be the right way. That's why we have so many religions. Oh, thousands of religions. Everyone's a road. Everyone's a road. They think it'll get them to heaven. Well, heaven is real. I'm glad of that. And there is a way to get there. Pay close attention. Oh, yeah. Close attention. And if there's someone you know that's not on their way to heaven, get them to listen to this program or the podcast at newhopecc.tv. All roads lead to heaven. See, they ask the question, why wouldn't God let people into heaven who are sincere, religious, you know, religious, like they want to do the right thing. Uh, They're very nice, right? Why wouldn't God let nice people into heaven? They're generous. They're generous with their stuff, with their money. I mean, after all, aren't all religions the same? Well, we're going to take a look at some of the major religions in the world today. There's some big ones, a lot of people, a lot of people involved, you know. 850 million people make up the non-religious category, just like non-religious. Okay. One of the bigger religions is Buddhism. 376 million followers. They represent 6%, 6% of the population. Buddhism sprung out of Hinduism, which we will look at. The founder of Buddhism, Gautama. And they worship Buddha. He's the enlightened one. And they hold to four truths. Number one, suffering is universal. Craving is the root cause of suffering. The cure for suffering is to eliminate craving, (laughs) like don't want anything. Eliminate craving by following the enlightened path. Hmm. The goal of Buddhism, to be free from pain and free from suffering. That's their goal. Buddhism teaches, love a hundred, you'll have a hundred woes. Love ten, you'll have ten woes. Love one, you'll have one woe. Love none, you'll have no woes. Huh. Therefore, they believe, detach yourself from life and you'll be happy. Hmm. The next religion we have is Hinduism. 900 million followers, 14% of the world's population. Brahman is the universal spirit 
everywhere, and in everything. These followers are called pantheistic, that God is in everything. He's in the rocks, he's in the trees, he's in the rivers, he's in everything. And they have a circle of life that follows the food chain. You know, the fish eats the worm, the cat eats the fish, the wolf eats the cat, the lion eats the wolf, man eats the lion, and then man is eaten by the worm and it starts all over again. Each animal eats the one before it. And that's their belief system. Their road to heaven is called transmigration of souls. We know it as reincarnation, coming back as something else. They believe the level of each animal is a result of sins committed in a previous life. So if you stole food, you came back as a rat. If you stole grain, you came back as a locust. If you killed a cow, you came back with defects, defects. Sexual sin, you came back with diseased sin. Wow. The goal is to live a life achieving enough goodness that one is elevated to the state of godhood. So you're kind of like working your way up to be like God. Okay, Then we have the non-religious or the secular, agnostic, atheistic individuals. 15% of the world's population. They derive their worldview from secular, non-traditional religious systems. And you know what's interesting about them? They're not satisfied having no religion. They attack people that do. Especially Christians. I'm like... I, I, I never understood that. If you don't want a relationship with God, okay. But why do you attack people that do? There must be sense, some sense of insecurity there, I would say. We have Islam. Make, wow. Islam makes up 21% of the world's population. Founder, Mohammed. Now, he was born 570 A.D. Think about it. 570 years after Christ. Now, he believed that he had a vision from the angel Gabriel to turn people from polytheism to monotheism. Right? People worship all kinds of gods. So, Muhammad comes on the scene, like, the angel told me, no, there's one God, and his name is Allah. And they recite the Shahada. There is no God but Allah. And that's their mantra. And Muhammad is his prophet. Now, that's the whole thing right there. Now, here's what they do. They pray five times a day facing Mecca. They give alms to the poor. They fast during the month of Ramadan. They perform pilgrimages, at least one, pilgrim, one pilgrimage in their life to Mecca. And uh, Muslim, Muslims believe that faithful performance of the five pillars of faith will earn them entrance into paradise where they will have wine and virgins. I'm like, okay, wine and virgins. Well, <laughs> well, all right, I'm going to just keep moving on. <laughs> they are to fight the enemies of Islam. They're forbidden to take a Jewish or Christian friend. And then we have Christianity. Christianity makes up 32% of the world's population. One-third, so they say, of the world is Christian. 
Wow, so two-thirds are not. Founder, Jesus Christ, born 4 B.C., began his ministry at 30 years of age. He healed, he taught, he performed miracles. At the end of his life, he was crucified, buried. Oh, but he rose from the grave. Yes, he rose again. And when he rose, he appeared to over 500 people, a lot of witnesses, before he ascended into heaven. So you can see that people all over the world believe that there are many, many roads that lead to heaven. I've made a few mission trips to Togo, West Africa, and seen have seen some of the native religions out there. And there's a lot of superstition. People do a lot of different things to keep away evil spirits. Uh, I've witnessed voodoo, very scary, violent at times, not something I would ever want to be involved in. But again, it's, it's a belief system that people have that think they think it will bring them closer to God. But when it comes to the Christian faith, is a marked difference between Christianity and all the other religions. Here's the difference. Grace. The grace of God. That's the difference. Every other religion in the world includes some kind of performance. But in Christianity, it's grace. There is no performance to earn salvation. Now, we know that God demanded payment for sin. The whole world was steeped in sin. Actually, see, we were born with a sin nature. And that sin nature alienated us from God. Broken relationship. We were cut off from God. And God, he didn't want that. He wanted us to be, to be restored back to him in a beautiful personal relationship. That's what he wanted. But sin had to be atoned for. So you know what he did? He atoned for it himself. He did it through his own son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the atonement for the sins of the world. That's what he is. That is the grace of God. God's grace gift to us. The Apostle John wrote in his little epistle, in 1 John 5.13, he said, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. This is why. So that you may know that you have eternal life. I love that verse. You know why? Because it says God wants us to know that we're saved. He doesn't want us to hope. He doesn't want us to wonder. He doesn't want us to, you know, worry about it. He actually wants us to go through life knowing that we're saved. Now, let me tell you, if God wants you to go through life knowing that you have eternal life, then you can't lose it. You can't. You can't know you have something if there's a chance to lose it. That's why the scriptures are so important. 
What did John say? I've written these things to you who believe. In other words, I've written to you Christians. You're Christians because you believe in the Son of God. And this is why, so that you may know that you have eternal life. He wants them to know, to be secure, to be confident. Let me ask you, are you secure in your salvation? Are you? You should be. You know why? Because God wants you to be secure. He doesn't want you walking on eggs. Love doesn't make people walk on eggs. If a husband loves his wife, she doesn't walk on eggs. If a wife loves her husband, he doesn't walk around on eggs. In other words, oh, afraid to make a misstep, afraid to say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing. He's secure and confident in their love. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be secure and confident in his love. And you know why that's important? Because, yeah, we will have a misstep. We will. We will at times fail God. Oh, we'll say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. Maybe you won't, but I <laughs> I have. And I still do, dummy. I still do. Why? Because I'm a dummy. That's why. It happens. But I'm secure in the love of God. So you know what that means? I can go on. We can go on. We go on with God in spite of our failures. Well, yeah, that's the security that we have. So we know that we have eternal life. Oh, that is so important. What other religion gives their followers the security of heaven? I can't think of one. I can't think of any. But the way of Christ, the Christian life, gives the followers of Christ the assurance, the certainty of heaven. Entrance into heaven is gained through what? Faith. Faith in the Son of God and His work on the cross. It's not our performance. It's not our work. It's actually the work of Christ. Christ did the work to appease God. So we didn't have to. In all the other religions of the world, people do the work to try to appease their gods. And they never know if they're successful. <laughs> never. Oh, uh, imagine doing something over and over and you don't know if you did it right. That's frustrating. That's not very inspiring to live life. So now we know, wait, God demanded atonement, but Jesus brought it. He did the work that was demanded. And when we acknowledge that and believe it, boom, we're in. Here's a great scripture to really understand. It's in Ephesians chapter 2, a couple of verses, verses 8 and 9. And I want to explain it in a way that some folks, um, they get it wrong. They do. I mean, I'm no great theologian, but I do my best to try to understand the scriptures, and I know I understand this one. Okay, so here's what Paul said in Ephesians 2.8. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. Now, there, okay, there's where we're separated from all the other religions. For by grace, you have been saved through faith, and that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Why is it a gift of God? Well, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. We're not going to get to heaven and say, Man, 
You should have seen me down there. I was something. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm here right now, man. You should have seen me. It's like, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Why? Because by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, that's a gift of God. Now, here's the proper understanding of this verse. I'm going to read it the way it's really written. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that being saved is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Now, some people read that verse, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that faith is not of yourself. It's a gift of God. But no, that's not what the verse says. The faith is not the gift. The salvation is the gift. That's why. The salvation is the gift. Here's the proper reading once again. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that salvation is not of yourself, it's a gift of God. So you say, oh, why, why are you saying that the salvation is the gift? Well, we know salvation is a gift, right? Secondly, in the original language, the word saved and the word that are in the neuter gender. So they, they're in agreement with each other. Grace and faith are in the feminine gender. That does not point to grace. That does not point to faith. That points to saved. So if you had a Bible in front of you, you would draw an arrow from that to saved in your Bible. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that being saved is not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Why? So no one would boast. There's no boasting in heaven. Even the Apostle Paul said, the only thing I boast in is the cross of Christ. That's it. I boast in Jesus and who he is and what he did for me. That's what he boasts in. You know, remember when he talked about all of his accomplishments? Oh, I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees. As to the law, blameless. I kept my native tongue. I mean, I did it all. And then he said, man, I throw it all away just to know Jesus. I count it all rubbish just to know Jesus, my Lord. He knows that human accomplishments can never equal knowing Christ. And isn't that a beautiful thing? That I don't have to hold up my human accomplishments to please God. I just have to love His Son. That's all. Can you love Jesus? That's it. That's all you have to do. Love Jesus. Oh, you'll be in the minority. You'll be in the one-third population, if that percentage is really true. I wonder. 32%, I don't know. A lot of people claim to be Christian, but I don't know. Who am I? God knows. So the other three major religions, they teach that specific behaviors must be practiced in order to reach their form of heaven. Pilgrimages, feasts, sacrifices, rituals, all kinds of things. They all believe that their way is the only way as well. So, people in religions believe their way is the only way. That's why they're in it. 
People without religion believe anyway, Matt. Every way is okay. Oh, you know, heaven's a big place. There's got to be more than one road to get there. Well, you could have a big house, but you probably only have one driveway, right? <laughs> you don't have nine driveways coming into your mansion. One way in, one way out. Only Christianity teaches that God loved us so much. Wow, I like that. God loved us so much. No other God did that. None of these false gods, none ever loved us so much that he made a way for us to be forgiven and received back to him. Oh, for God so loved the world that he did give his only begotten son, that whoever, that's anybody and everybody, and that's anybody in any of those other religions, in any non-religious person, whoever believes in him would not perish Oh, but they will have everlasting life. What a beautiful promise. It's a promise and it's an invitation. It's an invitation to all people. God is saying, believe in my son. Come on. I've done it all. I've done the work. How about that beautiful parable Jesus told? Oh, the king threw a dinner. Come, everything is ready. All you have to do is come. Just come. Everything is prepared. Just come. That's the gospel. Everything is prepared. Just come. See, that is why it is by means of God's grace that we have acceptance with Him. Christianity is the opposite of religion. Religion is man reaching up to God. Christianity is God reaching down to man. God has done the work. He's done it all. Religions, let me try to work my way up. Christianity, don't worry, I'm coming down. And God came down in Jesus Christ. So question, which one of these makes more sense to you? I mean, do you think coming back lifetime after lifetime after lifetime is going to get you to heaven? I'm like, don't think so. I think making a pilgrimage and get you to heaven? I don't think so. Everyone must make their own choice, though. Yeah. Everyone will make a choice. And even those that don't make a choice, well, they've made a choice. They've made it. They've chosen their own road. So there are a lot of roads, but they all fall short. None of them really reach the goal of heaven. They're all dead ends. They are. But God set out a road. He set out a road. He said, just follow that. As a matter of fact, you know how you recognize it? It's a narrow road. Jesus said that. It's a narrow road that leads to life. Few there be who find it. And that's probably the sad commentary on this message today, is that it's the most wonderful invitation from God to all people, and few will be that respond. Few will be. Some will try their own way, some will try no way, some uh, they don't care. 
They just think they go on the ground and become, become part of the part of the earth. But the soul. See, it's the soul that lives forever. The soul. Where will your soul? John said, you can live forever. Your soul will live forever, but why not let it be huh, with God? Why be alienated from God for all of eternity in a place of suffering when you can be with God in a place of joy? And you know, walking with God, that adds joy to this life too. It's not just about going to heaven, though that's the climax, but it's having joy on the earth. It's having resources to think with. Doesn't mean no, no storms and no problems. But it does mean I got a ship in the storm. That's what it means. I have resources to think with God's word. I have God's wisdom. I have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me. Oh, we have a lot going for us as the people of God. We do. We will go through the same trials and tribulations as people that don't know God, as people that are far from God. Life doesn't get easier because you're a Christian. But we do have resources that give us the victory. See, one thing we don't have to be is defeated. No, no. We don't have to go down in defeat. We can have the victory in Christ Jesus. And we do. Once you have Christ, you have the victory. So what do we do? You know what we do? We live in it. We live in the victory that Jesus Christ has already won. He's won it. And we just live in it. So we have this constant joy. Well, not happiness, but joy. Joy, which is a confidence, a certainty that we belong to God and he will never leave us nor forsake us. And we will always be in his hands. Tell you what, Jesus said, pray the Father raise up laborers for the harvest. People need to hear the good news. They really do. It's good news, but a lot of folks, man, they're just not hearing it. Well, you can hear this message again. Go to newhopecc.tv. Scroll down a little bit. The Hope Club Podcast. All of our radio messages are there. You can type in the Hope Club Podcast anywhere online. All those venues that carry podcasts, man, we're there. We're all over the place. Listen to these messages. Build your faith. Live in the certainty of your relationship with God. Thanks for coming along. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.